For October 19th, 2014, this is episode 5 of the PHP Roundtable. Today we're taking a trip to the Sausage Factory to see how the PHP sausage is made. We'll discuss with several PHP internals folks about the history of PHP, where it is today, and where it will most likely end up in the future. I'm your host, Sammy K. Powers. Diving straight into the panel of these amazing people here from PHP Internals uh, in no order whatsoever. I'm going to start off with Anthony Ferrara, who is the author of Password Hashing, and which was added in PHP 5.5. Welcome, Anthony. You've got some scotch going on. Hello, and thank you, and yes, I do. Yes, I love scotch. You're, you're a friend of mine already because of that. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Uh, Sarah Goldman. Uh, she's a huge contributor to PHP and HHVM, Hip Hop, Virtual Machine at hip-hop. Facebook. Yeah. Hippity Hop Hop. Yes. Do you, uh, do you actually do hip hop in real life as well? Uh, do you mean the music genre? Well, you know, yeah. I, I go by my DJ name of, uh, yeah, I didn't have a joke prepared, sorry. <laughs> DJ Unprepared. Like <laughs> I'd like to see some pop and locking over there. Um, which would actually be a, a very good transition into our next guest, Elizabeth Smith, who does pop and lock. Well, I don't know, more ballet stuff, I guess, but uh, definitely a dancer. Uh, she, her, uh, I asked her what her intro would be, and uh, she's uh, somebody mentioned, I don't know if it was actually you, but uh, somebody quoted, making bad PHP extensions work on Windows, which, which is awesome. It's in, what, so how, how, do the, how does that relate to the dancing aspect, or do you tie those two aspects in together? Ever? Uh, not really. No, okay. <laughs> Not crossing over. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, and also... Interpretive sin- Sigwin builds. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also we have Joe Watkins, finally. Uh, author of PHP Threads, calling in all the way from England. Uh, very early in the morning there. Very early. Good morning. Good morning. And thank you so much for the dedication for popping in so extremely early in the morning. You're a rock star. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we jump into too much of this uh, PHP internals jargon, I wanted to try and see if we could pull out a few keywords that might be popping up in the show. Um, I don't anybody can take this one, but uh, you hear opcode a lot when we're talking about PHP internals. What is opcode, and why do we hear it popping up? There's a pause as everyone figures out who should answer the question. (laughs) Go for it, Liz. (laughs) Why am I getting it? Sure, you wrote the book on this. Uh, Okay, okay, fine. Upcodes are the inter sort of sort of uh, machine readable version of your script. It's what PHP actually steps through as it's executing your program. So you write lesson question mark PHP echo hello world, and the engine reads. Zendeco, hello world, and has a whole bunch of other things. And uh, Derek wrote a fantastic extension for PHP called the Vulcan Logic Disassembler. Um, I've told, I'm told he backronymed that into another name. But uh, if you want to see what uh, those opcodes look like, do a Google on that. Um, I actually have a, um, a blog entry about that, blog.goma.com. Um, look for understanding opcodes in the top right corner. I'll tell you all about that. So you have to install an additional extension in order to see like these opcode, this like opcode tab- table of what's going on in the back end? 
Is that right? Well, well, yeah, because normally, I mean, who cares how the engine runs? You know, you just put gas in, you turn the key and it goes. If you actually want to take the thing apart, you got to go buy a Chilton's manual, right? Same right. thing. If you want to see how PHP's opcodes actually look and what they do, you got to go install VLD, which, you know, is the arduous and difficult process of typing pickle install VLD. So. I'm, I'm glad you said pickle because I've heard that's the correct pronunciation. Everybody says peckle, but I've heard it so many times. Pickle. Pickle. Look it's at pickle. the logo. It's a pickle. <laughs> In 5.6, actually, PHP debug can uh, show opcodes. Ah, xdebug? <laughs> no, PHP debug, the new debug. Oh, the new stuff. Yeah. Oh, nice. Oh, that, so that's already implemented, right? I. I thought they were kind of like talking about adding it, but that's that's already in five six. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Um, there's one other way, which is online. There's a website three v four l dot org, uh, yeah. which is an amazing, amazing site to run your code on a whole bunch of different versions at the same time. But it'll also show you the opcode output for both PHP and HHVM. It's really kind of an amazing, amazing uh, resource. That's awesome. It also shows you really fun things like how the behavior of PHP changes over the years because it'll run your code in like a hundred different versions of PHP. Um, and there's some great examples of out there where in 5.3, 0 plus 2 equals 4 for certain values of <laughs> 0 plus 2, for example. And if you're wow. like me and always forget that website, it's the word eval in lead speak. <laughs> So you can remember what it is, because I'm like, I, I can never remember that. Oh. Sadly enough, sadly enough, it took me quite a long time to realize that. Much longer than I'd rather admit. Uh, Do you know when I realized that? Right now. I had no <laughs> idea. I thought We're I had something to do with like PHP okay. 3 versus PHP 4 or something like that. <laughs> 3v4, is that an L or a 1 or a... That's an L. Uh, okay. So I don't speak Haxor. Is that what you call it, Haxor? Lee, Haxor? Am I am I am I totally off on that? <laughs> we'll find the wiki. Oh yeah. oh yeah, Grandpa. I hear that's what the kids are calling it these days. <laughs> that's not what they're calling it these days. Um, I don't know if this is related. What is a JIT? G uh, J I T. Does anybody want to take this one on? This is something that you'll we'll run into probably when we're talking about, especially when we're talking about HHVM. Uh, just in time runtime. What is it? Runtime compiler? Something like that. Did I even mess that up? Um, so like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> well, okay, so the opcodes that Sara explained, uh, they're not really executed by the machine, they're executed by a virtual machine. So a JIT is a layer on top of the compiler or and executor, really, and uh, it turns the instructions that are normally executed by the virtual machine into properly machine readable instructions executed by the CPU. And it does that um, in loads of different ways that are too complex to explain in a minute. <laughs> well, enough to Google it. That's all we needed. So that's excellent. <laughs> Any other thoughts on um, what uh, what JIT is and, and why we're discussing JIT in the context of PHP, the pros and cons of it, that kind of thing? Like. Well, one of the ways I like to explain it um, is using uh, the example of PHP PHP, which I think might be Anthony's project. 
You're nodding? Yeah. Um, PHP PHP is an implementation of the PHP language written in PHP. So it will parse and compile a script, so to speak, and execute the instructions in that script. Yes, so to speak, I put quotes. Um, and execute that script, and you'll get the same, hopefully, output from the PHP PHP execution of PHP, which is, of course, running on PHP, um, when you run your PHP in PHP PHP on PHP. Are you going for the record how many PHPs you can get in a single sentence? Um, I, we can make a drinking game out of it. Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, just grape juice, kids. Yeah, um, just water for me. So that that's PHP. That, that runs, and it's great. But do you suppose that is faster or slower than just running it directly in PHP? Well, obviously, it's faster if you just run it directly in PHP. You don't have that middle layer getting in the way. Um, PHP with a JIT and PHP without a JIT is the same sort of thing. The PHP virtual machine that Joe mentioned is a separate program whose only job is to run your program. So your program's not running. A program is running your program within its program. Now I can say program a bunch of times. A JIT allows your, your program to run directly on the CPU, straight on the bare metal hardware. Hmm. So that's Very what a JIT cool. does. And by default, does a JIT come with PHP? That, I'm just going to leave that one, that one open-ended. Definitely not. Definitely not. But HHVM does? Or, yeah? Okay. And so we've been kind of, there's been debate of whether to install a JIT in PHP or not um, to make it part of the PHP core, or is, is that still on the table? Well, I think if somebody had an implementation uh, of a JIT that was good and solid and, 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 and ran um, reliably, didn't break things, I don't think there would be a lot of question about in, including it because, you know, if it's only got the upside of making things faster and doesn't have a downside, great. Um, the problem is getting to that point because even HHVM's JIT has downsides. You know, there are slight, you know, parity incompatibilities. Um, there's certain cases where it doesn't give as much of a speed bump as in other cases. Um, there's there's more to it than just saying, "Wow, you're running your instructions on the CPU." Um, so it's there's, it's a deeper question than that. There's another really big one, um, which doesn't really fit the use cases that HHVM has and that Facebook has, but fits the cases that PHP has, which is that an extension can modify the engine behavior. So right now with PHP, with Zen's implementation, you can ins install an extension and it can modify the way opcodes are executed. It can actually modify the way PHP works internally. If there was a JIT compiler in there, that would be significantly harder unless it was implemented perfectly, perfectly right. Whether that's important or not is some, a question you have to ask, but it would be a break from where we are at today. I was discussing RunKit with some of my, my coworkers um, because RunKit is the extension for doing all the things you shouldn't be doing anyway, like heavily modifying the execution to say, let's just rename this function to something else. Let's run a request inside of our request. Um, and, and I just sort of laughed and I said, no, we're not porting that to HHVM. <laughs> it wouldn't work. Um, PHP actually has the advantage of letting you do a lot of things you probably shouldn't be doing. I, that's what I've heard is that PHP is really good at um, efficiently running really bad code. Were you watching that Reddit post I commented on the other day? Was that it? I, I heard yeah. it on a podcast. I think it might have been uh, PHP Town Hall or something like that. 
Um, oh, you know what? So, so well, the quote is Rasmus's. Um, it, oh, okay. he, he said it kind of in passing um, years ago at Yahoo, and he said, PHP is really good at running really bad code really well. And I like to dig that out just because I love that quote because it's yeah. so true. And it's so to the spirit of PHP, the, the, the whole done is better than perfect thing of just throwing something at the wall and seeing what sticks, you know? Uh, he's really good at that. And it's one of its greatest strengths, in my opinion. <laughs> That's awesome. By the way, uh, Jeremy McCullough just posted on uh, a, a drinking game. The rules are, every time someone says PHP multiple times in a single sentence, take a shot. And since I think the only one uh, on the panel who's drinking an alcoholic beverage is Anthony, he will be the only one who's lying on the floor at the end of this episode, I think. <laughs> Thanks. No one's going to join me? <laughs> <laughs> you might not have noticed the wink when I said this was orange. Oh, this was grape juice. I did not notice the wink. This is eighty-proof grape juice, kids. Nice, nice. I I will not join you on that. Um, I demonstrated how useless of a host I am in episode three when I was less than coherent and totally useless. So, um, not joining you on that one. But uh, if I wanted to uh, ask two more things about PHP internal stuff, userland. I see userland everywhere. When you say user land, what do you what do you refer to as uh, as a PHP internal person? People are writing PHP. That's it, right? Like it's just it does it refer to PHP itself, like the code that this kind of front end code, if you will, that a PHP developer would write, or the actual user? Context dependent, I would say. Okay, so it's so it's it's got dual semantics there. Cool. I like ambiguity. It means not the C internals. It's everything not above that. It's the PHP scripts that you write. It it's it can be taken slightly pejoratively, but it's really not meant that way. It's just meant as a distinction of, you know, <laughs> it's 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 the part right above the engine, you know. Right. Right. That's cool. I understood. Understood. One last thing. What are PHP extensions? That's kind of a, a pretty fun foundational thing to understand. What's this the TLDR? What are PHP extensions? Wow, there's looks like there's a giant book that um, there is a giant there. book. I think mine's from <laughs> too, Sarah. Anyway, <laughs> PHP extension is a collection of C code that links into PHP itself and can either add functionality, change the way the engine runs, or do other bad things which we won't tell you how to do. <laughs> Nice. It, well, an extension isn't so like the PHP is sort of two two pieces. It's the Zend engine, and that's the thing that actually parses the script and says, okay, what are you trying to do? You're trying to add things together. Okay, I'm going to do an addition, or you trying to call a function? Okay, I'll call that function. And the other side of that is um, what we kind of call the runtime library. That's made up of all these extensions. If we, if we didn't have any extensions in PHP, and I'm including the standard extension in that. PHP would be a really boring language. It would do very little. Like you could you could add numbers and you could echo, yay. Um, an extension gives you all of that big library of functionality. Those four thousand plus extensions that are delivered with PHP. Um, it's a it's a big standard library. Um, and the extension API also lets you write your own extensions. Um, which can link against, you know, maybe you have a private library at your company that you need to call into or, uh, you know, whatever you need to do. Very cool. So um, a lot of you are familiar with extensions. 
because you've written several. I mean, cumulatively, you guys probably wrote what seven hundred. I'm just kidding. What's a, a realistic lot. number? You think? A lot. <laughs> a lot. A lot. <laughs> um. So Troy uh, Pav. Pavlik, I believe is the way you say his name. Uh, he's asking, is a PHP extension technically user land then? Well, it tends to be written in C, but exposed to user space. So you will have sort of the, the PHP facing API, but all the implementation will be done in C in what we call internal space. I, I don't think I would consider it user land. Uh, you know, when, when we talk, or when I talk about, you know, user land, I'm talking about the actual PHP side of it. The extensions kind of living in this pseudo middle space that's still backend code because there's still things you can do in an extension that you can't do in PHP code that perhaps you shouldn't do in PHP code, but still. Right. Um, all right. If we take a look at uh, PHP past, that's what I'm labeling this because um, I want to kind of take a look at the PHP, the history of PHP, where it is right now, and kind of where it's going in the future. Um, and some of the things I wanted to talk about is just real quick, where did it come from? Where does, where, and how did it become so popular? It's just this giant that's just, it seems like it's been there forever. It surely it had an origin. No, yeah. it has, no it's been there forever. <laughs> no, it, has, it hasn't. <laughs> it, it does predate HTML and HTTP though. Does it? <laughs> Not that long ago. I think it's more that, uh, Someone who we all know, Erasmus, kind of got tired of writing the same C stuff over and over again. Said, there's got to be an easier way to do this. So he made one. So is that, is that similar to saying, hey, I'm tired of writing the same code over and over. I'm going to write my own web framework. How is it different? Or is it different? I don't think it is different. This is long, long ago. This was before we had three million languages to choose from. Yeah, Ruby and Python were around, but they were very, very young at the time. Um, Perl was established, but that was about it. It's not like there were three million choices. Um, this was long ago, far, far away. So is that why it became so popular? Because it was like one of the only options? It was like the new hotness, but the only hotness in town? Well, it wasn't the only hotness. Pearl was, as Liz said, really established, but it was, oh, have you seen Pearl code? <laughs> have you tried <laughs> to edit people's Pearl code? So I, I just pasted in the chat the original announcement for PHP 1 from Rasmus, which just by weird, uh, weird piece of trivia was GPL, GNU GPL license. But I find it was really, really interesting actually reading this because there's a heavy focus around logging and tracking and analytics, which I think kind of tells you something about the ecosystem at the time, that that was its killer feature, at least as far as Rasmus thought, when he originally brought this to the community, it was a framework. Wow. On this, on this top line here, it says, announcing the personal homepage tools. Now, I always thought the PHP stood for PHP Hypertext Preprocessor. Is that something that's changed or... or I think uh, Daniel Kusinoff said that uh, it means nothing, but it was, for... it was changed when 3.0 was released. Oh, yeah. there was actually a big vote on it. Ooh, we had to find the vote. <laughs> We're finding the history online. This is so cool. This was posted in 1995, and I feel like that's like so. Windows 95 came out, and so did PHP. And there are certainly detractors of both. 
<laughs> um, real quick, what was the worst release of PHP ever in the history of PHP so far? Something that was just like a total failure. It was like, oh, whoops, sorry, guys. We didn't mean to do that. So I was I was thinking about this question, and I've been trying to find. Wasn't there a five point three point something that was like we released, and then like two days later we released the next one because it wasn't? Yeah, um, it, it was, was like five point three point eight, I think, or something like that. That might. Yeah. I just I have this vision of a web comic talking about. All right, we just finished the upgrade to five point three point X. Does anyone <laughs> want to talk about five three X plus one? What happened with that? Was it just a? I honestly can't remember. Uh, if memory serves correct, it was a bug that snuck in. They tried. They did a security fix, which wound up breaking something else. So it wound up becoming a second release. Like it was something that had to be released ASAP. Um, if you look, it's actually not in museum. If I'm remembering the right one. <laughs> it was that bad. One release that was so bad they took it out of museum. Source, <laughs> like in a tarball. And so museum is basically the 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 snapshots of the history of PHP, right? Each version and tag will be thrown into the museum. And is that a website? It's like museum.php.net or something. Php.net. If it's up. Cool. If it's up. <laughs> Sometimes there are hosting issues. You know, PHP itself as a website has a lot of boxes, and it's all volunteer, and things go down. So. True. True. Um, what is something that has that you, that you guys think is plaguing PHP today? Plaguing, not plaguing, plaguing PHP today that existed from its past. So something like from this past, it's kind of like you feel like it's holding it back, or it's just why is it here? It's like a disease. Is there anything like that in PHP, or do you guys feel like it's just clean? Parameter order. Parameter order. So it's I'm going to agree with parameter order, but not for the popular reason. The popular reason on parameter order is, oh, it's inconsistent. In array is one way, and array searches the other way, and yada, 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 yada. Um, that is one of the fractal of bad designs that like to get brought up about why PHP is a bad language. And I think that is where it's holding us back, because people get so caught up in something that just doesn't matter in a world where you have editors who do autocompletion for you. In, in a world where the PHP manual is so easy to load up, like command T, php.net slash in array. There, there's my parameter order. It doesn't take more than a few seconds. Speaking of that, does PHP internals use tabs or spaces? It's tabs. Uh, ah, code. No, which code? See, the C code uses tabs, but the PHP code is supposed to use spaces, which is kind of whacked. I, I, we have a, I, there's a coding standards in the PHP source if you want to look at it. So you guys have a PSR two for for PHP internals. I see quote air quotes going up here. <laughs> well, PSR is a bit strong. Coding it's more standards. like the coding standards is tabs. Use tabs. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm. It's very interesting that um, how the official PSR two um, mantra is that you must use spaces, whereas the code that is running PHP is that you must use tabs. I did not know that. Well, to be fair, it is a different language, so. That's true. Could expect the standard not to be the same. That's true. I, I mean, we couldn't use structs in PHP, I guess, directly. So um, there's there's a couple of issues with uh, some crossover there. But uh, as far as syntax and highlighting and or or just the way that you write your code, I, I figured there might be some crossover. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. Um, as we move on to PHP present, uh, 
thoughts on PHP Fig? Speaking of PSRs, uh, the PHP Framework Interop Group, which is basically this idea that we're going to try to unite the PHP community. They're responsible for the PSR standards to try to get the community united with like best practices and you know figuring out are we going to use TAS versus Spaces? Uh, uh, how do we auto load our our projects and things like that? And uh, some of you guys, I feel like, have a pretty strong opinion on, on some of the, what the FIG has been doing. And, and I'm going to pick on you, Anthony, specifically because uh, you wrote an open letter to PHP FIG not too long ago, I think a couple of days ago. And your letter was pretty straightforward, right? It was, please stop trying to solve generic problems. Yeah. So what, what is that? What was, and then you had a lot more to say after that, obviously. But <laughs> what's, I had a lot to say on the topic. Um, <laughs> without side railing and completely derailing the point of this, you know, podcast and this talk and everything. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to go down that road. And I think the only thing I'll say is this, solving simple problems that are going to be generically useful is a lot more um, useful in general to the public than trying to build a one size fits all solution that then again becomes problematic. And I saw that, Sarah. I didn't see, I didn't see. I, I pretend like something didn't happen. <laughs> well, okay. In, in order not to, like you said, derail this to a, a completely different conversation, I do want to mention Joe uh, had some thoughts on this too. I'm going to pick on you because uh, you had a, a recent blog post that said uh, that the PHP fig should build complexity by composing simplicity, which I thought was a really cool idea, um, which I, if you could expand on that just a little bit. What well, you mean I, I didn't say that. Anthony you didn't say that. that. Anthony said that in his follow-up. Ah, I apologize. I uh, who said that? I just quoted it. Anthony said that. In oh, Anthony said it. Okay, I apologize. Um, but I think it applies to everyone. That's what we're all doing in some sense. So uh, I think figure uniquely positioned to do everyone a favour if they take the advice that's being given to them. Uh, so I just hope they can do that. So this whole idea of building complexity based on simplicity was sort of the, the, the idea behind the last episode that we were going to air, which was, should we use a framework, like a full stack framework versus installing a bunch of random composer packages and kind of building those from little components, building something complex, uh, complex on something simple. Um, there were some pretty strong opinions on that. And due to sickness and just scheduling conflicts and all that stuff, it was like, it was like a, 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 the episode that wanted to happen, but never did. It was like cursed. And I had all this stuff that was written. It was like episode five is going to be like framework versus composer packages. And then when that, when that died, the next one was going to be PHP internals, which was supposed to be episode six. And I was like, okay, do I keep it episode six or do I rename it to PHP five? And then I was like, you know what? There's, didn't the PHP internals have a problem with this very issue of naming something one way or another? And I don't know. I just thought it was kind of ironic. I don't want to go down that path. Um, I know it's sort of, I don't know what went down, but I know there was uh there is some some strong opinions on that, but that's that's we're not going down that path for now, um, unless you have something really you want to say about it. But um, but I also heard from the, the people of PHP internals uh, that they don't even use PHP, which is interesting because I I was wondering what it was like um, for you guys who don't use PHP. What is it like to create a language that you don't use? What it, what is that experience like for you guys? I don't know about anybody else, but I still code with PHP every day. So. Ah. I don't do it every day for a living, but I I do it quite a bit. Same. 
I mean, I, I work with PHP every day, so I might be writing in C, but I'm working for PHP, and I write PHP code all the time. I don't know why we'd be so in, involved in the language if we didn't write any PHP. It's quite a bizarre idea. I thought so too, which is why I was kind of asking the question, but apparently I just misunderstood um, what people were saying. So that was... Well, it may be true for some people. Um... Yeah. But that, so it, it's, it's a bizarre question for you guys as well, so... <laughs> I can actually throw out an answer to that. In you know, number a number of years ago, I was a member of a pretty popular open source project, and I didn't actually use the project. I contributed because I loved the community. I contributed because I loved actually being able to make a difference and actually you know develop stuff. But I didn't use the product, so it, it was more about the fun of it and more about something to do than it was about bettering something that I would get a benefit from. That I don't know. That's why I, I did it in the past. So I imagine that may be what some people do. Cool. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, I've, I've written like an open source package that I don't necessarily use all the time. So I was trying to relate it to maybe that. Like it's something that I really like, but I'm not going to use it every day kind of thing. But I don't know. Um, do, you, do internals folks view PHP programmers as front end users when we refer to like user land or do you just refer to user land all the time? I think the biggest reason to use the term user land is to mentally separate. This is the code we compile that runs PHP, and this is PHP that runs on the process. You know, it's just a way to mentally say, this is PHP code, this is C code. Yeah, and it's interesting that that link between the internal and the external, like C and PHP. I'm interested to see what your all's thoughts are for the dynamic between those two parts, those two aspects that are really important. What is the what is the benefit for internals to concern itself with PHP and specific things like PHP PHP fig, for example? Other than the fact that you guys actually use PHP, right? And <laughs> I think in an ideal world, the project shouldn't really take a stance on what's happening in the community and the user land, in the sense that it should enable, but it shouldn't. It shouldn't choose sides. On the other hand, if the community is adopting something and saying, hey, we all like this one particular way, then maybe the court should respond to that. Uh, it's a complex topic. And that's how we wound up with all of the XML stuff. The XML stuff? Oh, well, I mean, XML was huge sort of around the, the, the PHP 5152 days. And, and lo and behold, we wound up with XML Reader, XML Writer, Simple XML, Dom XML, mm. a bunch of stuff. Um, because there was that sort of reaction to like, well, everybody's wanting to do more stuff with XML. Let's, you know, provide the interfaces for it. So there you go. I was reading one of your all's blogs. I think it was Anthony's. And there, there was mention of a PHP ecosystem. And I feel like that's what's what ultimately is kind of happening here is like you, you know, obviously PHP user land can't exist without PHP and vice versa. So I feel like there's some, a lot of dynamics going on there. Well, we're all some part of the PHP ecosystem. Even if like, even if I only ever worked on HHVM and only like did the internals of that, didn't touch PHP code, I'd still be some part of the PHP ecosystem. You know, we're, none of us make sense by ourselves entirely. You know, it's, I'm I'm gonna I'm starting to sound hippie and I'm I can tell I'm getting really tired. <laughs> well, speaking of of stuff that you've contributed to, you contributed Go to, right? 
Oh, she's laughing and she's got her mic on mute. But <laughs> I'm waiting for the velociraptors to come in from off camera. Oh no! Oh, on. you know you love it. No, I do love go to. You know, I feel so. Saying I saying I, I did go to is actually a half truth because I put in the first go to and then that got reverted um, because I didn't quite have the consensus that I thought I had. Um, and I think it was Stas who actually did the the um, the version of go to that did go in. Um, but it was it, it was a hard fought battle because of obviously there are some pretty strong feelings about go to's place in in modern languages. Um, I happen to think that go to has a place. Um, I just mentioned XML, four separate extensions for working with XML, and that's not counting the older, you know, SACS-based stuff. Um, so there's really five or six extensions involved with dealing with XML. Um, why are there so many? Because one of the strengths of PHP is that it gives you all these ways to do all these different things your way. So PHP gives you extensions, uh, sorry, exceptions for error handling. Great, if you love OOP and you love exceptions, use them. PHP gives you you know, procedural ways of dealing with errors. Great, if you love those, use them. But you know what? If you love GoTo for error handling, use that. Or if you like making generated parsers, use that. Um, Anthony, I'm not sure, but PHP PHP probably uses a GoTo or two inside of it, right? Not PHP PHP, but Reckit really? does. Oh, Reckit, okay. Well, something, you, you, yeah. you found a use where it was very relevant to use GoTo. Oh, it made life an absolute nightmare if I didn't have it. Exactly. Yeah. So having that option is part of what PHP is. You know, it's not going for academic purity and saying, oh, but we're Java, we're a designed language, we're Python, we're very academically pure. It's here's some stuff. Let's throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Well, it, so, it's just another tool, right? You've got exactly. It's just another tool in your toolbox. You don't carve a beautiful statue with just a giant sledgehammer. You've got all these different tools that you could use, and and I feel like creating a program is the same thing. You got to have the, a lot of various tools at your defense. And in fact, go to it kind of gets thrown under the bus a lot um, because nobody, everybody's saying like, oh, there's no good use cases for go to, and it just causes spaghetti code and blah blah blah. But Igor, Igor, I don't know how you say, it. I don't know, is it Igor? Why Igor? Igor. Igor. Uh, in his library, retry. It's like a 19-line file. And he uses a go-to, and somebody posted an issue on GitHub and was like, hey, why do you use a go-to? And he's like, well, that's a very excellent question. Let me explain. And he dumped out this like opt-code output and got really detailed, <laughs> way beyond what I know what's going on, to show why go-to is better than any other way he could have done it with like a for-each loop or a recursion or anything. So the, the, the great secret about that thread is it was a gigantic troll. What, really? <laughs> yes. That was the most amazing educated troll I've ever seen. Well, premature optimization is the root of all evil. And that was like elevating premature optimization to troll status. It was, it was beautiful. I, I got it <laughs> It's definitely something that's going in the history books as something amazing that happened in this whole, <laughs> this whole PHP world. It was um, amazing watching it unfold. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, okay, so the, I, I'm going to probably show some ignorance here by asking these two questions. These are totally from me. I didn't really do a lot of Googling, but I've just been curious. When I, I've often found myself trying to write a, create a constant and trying to put an, put an array in that constant. And, you know, obviously it's, it doesn't let me do that. 
Um, I think it only supports the, the really basic scalar types of like int and string. But I was just curious, why, why, why aren't arrays allowed to be put into, into a constant in PHP? Well, the, the jargon answer is constants are done at compile time, not at runtime. And, and so and are arrays, I, I guess I can't make that link between what, how arrays are handled and compile time and all that kind of stuff. Um, it comes down to PHP's memory model. Um, well, part of it does. I mean, we can work around it. There is a way around this. But the, the easy explanation is PHP's memory model. Um, constants are limited to um, what we call scalars, which aren't actually um, the you know, null, true, false, integers, floats, and strings. Um, most of those are scalars. String is not actually a scalar, but it's close enough to a scalar that we sort of quietly pretend that it is one. Um, and constants, um, everything, I, I don't know how technical I want to go with this. Everything in PHP is ref counted, at least right now it is. Things are going to change a little bit in PHP 7. Um, and constants have to never lose their reference. They never have to, they need to never fall out of, um, of being owned by somebody because that script is going to, you know, you're going to call that uh, function again later on. Um, I've been up for 24 hours. Yeah, I just got off an airplane and you've been up forever. So I, <laughs> I think it's, I'm following along so far. But I, I, I'm starting to understand a little bit more about like why it's not possible. Just because of the, the way that PHP is set up, it's just. It's well, it's not, not that it's not possible. It is possible. But um, there were good reasons to restrict it initially. And those reasons have more or less never gone away. Um, with the ability to do um, constant um, sort, sort of predefined array dereferencing that came in in 5.5. So you could define an array statically and then dereference it immediately. Um, that kind of makes a case for being able to do the inverse of having a defined constant that you can dereference. Um, but somebody needs to make a strong case for why it's really needed. Okay, so because it's yeah, go ahead. There's another issue with it as well, which is that arrays are basically mutable structures as they, you know, from the very concept of it, you know, you have a pointer with for each or where you can call each or next on it um, using the internal functions. So because it's a mutable structure by default means it doesn't really fit the constant mold. Gotcha. Like, so you could probably figure out a way to actually make it function. But the way it exists and the way it sits right now, you'd have to either A, do a lot of hacks, or B, um, kind of re-architect how arrays work internally. Right. And by mutable, you're talking mutable versus immutable. Mutable mm -hmm. basically means you can set the, the values or change the values as the script runs, whereas immutable, you would not be able to do that. And a right. constant is a, an immutable. Um, Exactly. Uh, in, immutable, ob uh, not object to work with. What do you What do you call? It's an immutable value. It's once value. it's defined, you can never change it again. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Well, that helps clear things up. So, uh, is it possible that we might see that in the future, though? If If things sort of change in the back end a little bit, and we have uh, immutable arrays and things like that, or is that just kind of like nobody's wanting to go down that route? I'd say anything's possible. I mean, it's a matter of getting someone with enough motivation to implement it 
and someone with enough use case and you know willingness to actually put it forth as an RFC to get it passed. So maybe, I like that. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Well, okay. And one other question I had on on specifically something that's been around for a while. Uh, Sarah, you mentioned the six uh, res uh, sort of scalar or primitive types. There's also that seventh resource type, which is, every time somebody talks about the scalars and the primitives, they, they, they tend to skip this resource one. And I'm always curious, like, first of all, why do we have resources and why do we keep skipping it when we talk about primitives? Because <laughs> it's definitely one of them, right? Well, and this is for anybody. No, um, <laughs> not in the sense that sort of as C developers, we think of, of, of uh, scalars. A scalar is something that like, this is my value. This is all you need to know about me. This is my value. Um, a string is actually like, here's a pointer to my value, but we ignore that in PHP land um, when we talk about scalars. A resource is, here's a pointer to sort of this dark magical structure behind a curtain somewhere. Um, you PHP itself knows nothing about what's behind that curtain. The only thing that knows about what's behind that curtain are other things in that same extension who know, hey, if I get a resource of my own type, I can put it into this structure and it'll make sense. Um, and why do we keep it? Well, one of the most fundamental resources that we have in the entire language is one that's been there since day one, and that's the file pointer. You read and write files all the time, right? Absolutely. How would you like it if we just arbitrarily one day said, you know what, we're just going to make those objects now, and all of your F reads and F writes, you now need to dereference that object. Right. Um, that would be a horrible thing. Honestly, we don't actually have to do that. We could actually do what we did with G uh, GMP. Um, with GMP, it was a resource up until, I want to say, 5.5 or 6. Um, and we said, okay, we need to make this an object now because we're going to add in these operator overloading things. Um, but we're going to just change all the functions. So they now take objects and, and we'll just, you know, hope nobody's using this in some weird, bizarre way where we're casting to resources or something like that. Um, and it, it worked. Nobody really noticed. Um, so yes, we could, could get rid of resources um, and, and replace them with objects because object is everything a resource is plus a bit. But I ask you this, why don't we get rid of arrays then? Because objects do everything that arrays do plus a little bit, right? Yeah. Well, why don't we get rid of integers and strings and booleans then? Because they do everything scalars do, plus a little bit. Mm. Why don't we become Python? <laughs> That's a good idea. I heard there's a good one called Ruby. Go ahead, Elizabeth. <laughs> I would argue there's actually other reasons to move things from resources to objects, but that goes into engine stuff and is another story entirely. So There's the, more behind the, the curtain if you're really interested. <laughs> well, so the moral of the story is it's there for historical reasons-ish, and we're keeping it for backwards compatibilities-ish. Is that even a good summary? I, I would actually say something more like it's there for historical reasons because originally objects were arrays with functions. They really couldn't act like a, like a, uh, a resource in PHP 4. Um, and the reason we keep it, because there's no good reason to get rid of it. It, uh, I mean, it does the job. I, I think there are a couple benefits to getting rid of it. Um, again, like Sarah said, there's a couple benefits to keeping it and not getting rid of it to not justify the complexity of it. I think the question is, if it is gotten rid of, can it be done in a transparent enough manner so that a PHP code, user land code from Howard's description earlier, 
doesn't break, doesn't mess up, and B, all the extensions that make uh, references don't have to be rewritten. And I think if we do something that satisfies both of those, then why not do it? We remove a type and simplify the language overall. My personal opinion. Well, I don't think the reference thing is an issue because honestly, resources have the same reference-like behavior that objects do. But anyway, that's splitting hairs. <laughs> Elizabeth was, was going to say something, but no. Uh, yeah. I do <laughs> bad things with PHP, so I'm probably uh, never an average use case for anything. <laughs> I love I love your uh, your inserts about what you're doing with PHP, but um, I actually have a question for you about uh, contributing to PHP Core because Elizabeth, you were the one who was standing over my shoulder as as my guide, as my ment mentor, and as a as a guy who doesn't know C, you you you. Uh, with your help, I can I pushed a pull request to PHP source and it got merged. It's number 684. If anybody wants to check it out, you'll see my amazing con contribution to PHP source. Um, what? So what is this? How does somebody who doesn't even know C, how are they able to even contribute to PHP? All right. So like any project, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on behind the scenes other than just writing the C code. If you've ever been involved in a project at work or an open source anywhere, you know you have the, the sysadmin guys who are keeping track of the boxes and making sure things are up and running. You have the guys writing the PHP.NET source code itself, which is written in PHP. So anybody can help with that. Then you know you have all the documentation, which is all volunteer driven and is written in XML. And then we have the actual code that tests PHP, which is written in PHP. So there are all these things you could do to help the project without actually having to know a single thing about C at all. And so many people are like, I don't know how I can help the project. I don't know how I can give back because I don't know C. Like, <laughs> please. You, you can don't do sound that. passionate about this at all. What? <laughs> you don't sound passionate about this at all. Uh, I, I would people need to give back, so that's my thing. <laughs> the one thing I would add to that is half of us don't know C either. Oh, yes. <laughs> Have you seen PHP source code? Uh, yes, yes. And Actually, I, no. <laughs> and if you look even at like the PHP code that's running PHP.net, I think half of us don't know how to write PHP either. <laughs> is it using Laravel? Uh, no, it's... Yeah, just read it sometime. <laughs> and then do a pull request. <laughs> what's fantastic about wow. what's fantastic about PHP uh, web repo is that so much of that code dates back to PHP three. Like we don't actually change our code that, that often. The template think, changes, but the PHP code remains. I think the biggest change was when we had to change to using the underscore super globals in there instead of using register globals. That was like a huge change for the code base that took forever. So yeah, it's. <laughs> I like how she muted herself. <laughs> that's funny. No, no, that's great. Um, so, and not only were all these awesome ways to contribute back to, to just you know the the website or anything like that, but even at the core, running tests like actually having test coverage for PHP is written in PHP. Yes. So, what, how does how do how would I if I wanted to contribute to um, more test coverage for PHP source? What you you showed me a couple of different resources I need to check out to see what kind of test coverage we have, what's lacking. Um, sure. 
Um, first of all, if you ever go dig around on php.net, you see we have a bunch of different websites. Uh, a couple that are pretty useful if you're doing test coverage are qa.php.net. Uh, this has some tools for uh, help for how to write tests, tools for when you compile PHP and run make tests and they say, do you want to send your stuff to PHP, your test results? There's actually a, a website that gets sent to and it gets aggregated there and you can look at the results. Uh, then there's gcov.php.net, gcov, uh, that has code coverage and Valgrind output uh, that's constantly run on PHP. Uh, it's a good way to go and look and see what extension has really crappy coverage. So if you go look at that website and look and it's a big red line, that's a great extension to start writing uh, <laughs> tests for because usually it has like nothing. Um, and ironically, when we were looking at the test coverage uh, at PHP Tech in Chicago this past year, um, apparently something was failing with the test um, bot that was supposed to run and show the co code coverage. So everything was in red. So I felt like I had a lot of work to do. But apparently that's not the case across the board. Um, but that was actually funny because that's where I met Anthony on on Twitter is because uh, I posted a twic uh, a, uh, like a pic of this <laughs> all these tests failing for PHP with zero code coverage and he was like yeah absolutely no no test unit tests for PHP which is actually technically kind of true right yeah uh, unit tests all the tests all the PHP tests are uh, integration tests which are really nice in that they're small concise and can actually run cross platform but they also kind of suck at telling you what broke. So when a PHP test breaks, good luck trying to debug that. <laughs> Unless it's you changed. Yeah. Is, is there a reason why the, the core is not unit tested at the C level? Because nobody has done the work. That's why most oh. things you say, why doesn't PHP have this? You're hired. So that would be, um, I guess, not necessarily low-hanging fruit, but some fruit somebody could pick, right? Well, one of the problems with it is there are a couple like unit testing frameworks for C, um, but they are all quite primitive because of restrictions and how C works and things like that and how compilers work. Um, so it's not a trivial thing to do. It's not like you just drop in PHP unit and go ahead and you know mock <laughs> out things. Mocking is actually quite difficult to do in C. Uh, I had tried this with bringing in Google Test, which is a, a C++ testing framework. I was able to get a couple things tested, but ran into some pretty major issues pretty quickly that I couldn't get around without major refactors. So it's not a trivial problem to solve. No, it's not. But on the other hand, it's not that we don't want it. It's that it's a hard problem and nobody's done the work. Got it. So hopefully somebody listening is, is willing to tackle that one, climb that mountain, and add unit tests to PHP. I think uh, if Chris Hartjes is listening, maybe this is his next big testing. I, I'm putting him on the spot. Like, you got to write unit tests for PHP at the core. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> All right, we're kind of uh, kind of moving towards the end here. I, I wanted to look at PHP Future and look at something that is kind of new or hasn't been implemented yet. I I think ph a spec for php which is different than php spec which is uh, like integration testing or, or something like that but this is a specification that sort of defines everything about php right what what is it exactly and why is why are we why do we not have one why didn't we have one a long time ago 
I feel everyone's eyes on me because I was the one who actually released this deck, but I feel like I'm over-answering all the questions and I want to give other people room to talk. Uh, I love it. I love you. I love so, your talks. Okay. <laughs> as I've been saying, like PHP's strength is that it is not an academic language. It is something that has been designed to solve problems by people who have problems to solve, and therefore it becomes this somewhat misshapen looking thing that you throw at the wall and see if it sticks. I don't want to overuse that metaphor. Um, as a side effect of that, there is no spec for the PHP language. Um, lots of languages have specs. C has a spec, Java has a spec, .NET has a spec. Um, and what these specs do is they sort of provide an objective view of, you know, here's not an implementation of the, of the language. Here is how a language that wants to call itself PHP or whatever should behave. Um, and so what do we do? Well, we just call the implementation of PHP the spec. The spec is the source code. Um, and the way that PHP.net's PHP behaves is the way that PHP is supposed to behave, which is it's just fine. You know, that actually works, uh, particularly since there's really been one dominant implementation of PHP for almost 20 years now. Uh, well, I use that generously because obviously there have been rewrites of PHP over the years. PHP 3 was a rewrite, PHP 4 was a rewrite, but never mind. Side of the point. <laughs> um, and I'm a little fruit right now. Um, where was I going with that thought? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, that works fine to a point um, until you want to do very significant things with the language such as let's say add an AST to the compilation process something that's in PHP 7 by the way or um, add uh, or or make significant changes to the way that the engine deals with variables and and all of its memory and things like that stuff all this stuff that's in um, PHP NG this this sort of like big rewrite of the engine that's ended um, earlier this year. Um, when you've got big things like that, you really, really, really want to make sure you haven't broken anything, but you're playing around at such a low level that the odds of you breaking something go up. And hey, if we've got 100% code coverage and we've got 100% regression testing, then maybe we'll catch that. Maybe we won't. Um, a spec is not a panacea that's going to fix that problem. We can still miss stuff and we can still break things, but it gives us another thing to look at. So as we're redoing that rewrite and that re-implementation that completely redefines the internal representation of a variable, we can say, well, the spec says that in this condition, a variable be should behave in this way. So that's going to inform how I write the code. And hopefully I've got a good set of regression tests to go with that. Um, so, right. Uh, and would sorry? you say that one of the motivations behind having a spec was to kind of have this teamwork going on between HHVM and PHP internals? I was just getting to that. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> so we, with my PHP hat on, have been actually wanting a spec for a very long time because everybody agrees it's probably a really good idea, um, but nobody wants to put in that work because it's a lot of work. It's sort of the same thing that Elizabeth was just talking about, not having proper unit tests in the C code because it's a lot of work and it's a hard problem to solve. Um, this is not a hard problem to solve. It's just work. Um, so who's going to do that work? Um, fortunately, Papa Zach's got some deep pockets, so we can, we, with my Facebook hat on, can hire somebody to go and do that work. Um, maybe somebody who's written specs before, um, somebody who's worked on the C99 spec. 
to, can go and look at this language objectively, not as a PHP user, but as somebody from the outside and say, well, all right, what does the language documentation say it's supposed to do? What is the act, what is the PHP implementation of it actually do? And just painstakingly go through. And I, I gotta say, this guy has been meticulous as all get out. He went through bad. every single thing and he found all those weird warts. Um, I went on a spate of just posting all of these things like zero X zero plus two equals four if you're on PHP 5.3. Wow. Um, because he found all these things. Um, these are things that we found as well because it was a bug report and it got fixed um, in 5.3.11, I think. And, uh, but never mind. But out of, out of curiosity, real quick, is, is HHVM, is it unit tested? Uh, HHVM is unit tested. Um, we ah. basically grabbed all of PHP's unit tests and stole them. We said, ha, huh, what a great library of unit tests. We're going to put them in our, in our unit test format. And so... Uh, right now, we are passing a little bit north of 12,000 unit tests, I think. Um, is it integration tests, or is it actually unit tested at the C level? Um, I'm speaking of the PHPT unit tests that um, that PHP has right now. Okay, um, so when I say than... the, the tests that we stole. Okay, so so the, the stuff that PHP already has, but not not. I, would it, is it proper to say unit tests at the C level? Am I? Is that even um, yes. So we have we have unit tests at the C level as well. So we have. Okay. We have some of those things um, to a degree, because, but as Anthony says, it's actually a hard problem to solve. So we yes. don't have as much as we'd really like. So, uh, so for my next PR for the PHP source is going to be copy, copying and pasting the unit tests from HHVM and pushing them to PHP source, and I'll get this testing thing going with PHP source. But you got to make them fit because HHVM is written in C++, which has a lot of different sort of rules about how these things fit together. Um, well, so there luck. goes that idea. So the, the work goes back to Chris, Chris Hartges. It's all on you, buddy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the, the point I was trying to get to there is, um, you know, so, so Facebook hired this guy to make a spec, and we said, okay, we're going to give this to the community, you know, proper license that, you know, Facebook doesn't retain control over this because nobody can trust large companies, right? Um, and we did that partially for altruistic reasons because P uh, PHP has done a lot for Facebook, right? Mm. Your, Facebook was written on PHP originally. Before HHVM ever existed, that was running Facebook. Um, and, you know, respect our roots, you know, um, give back a little. And the also selfish reason of, well, we want HHVM to be able to, you know, conform to PHP's behavior so that if you write code on one, you can be confident of it running on the other. Um, so there's there's also the the desire to be able to say we are X percent spec compliant and where we differ from the spec is these three or four things that we have decided for whatever reason we have to differ on because it makes the JIT nicer. Right. Well, is there a general idea of when we can expect to see like a, a complete spec or is that is that kind of just like it'll be done when it's done kind of thing? Dude, it's on GitHub, man. Is it complete? Like, is it official? It's like well, this is official. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Um, so it, it is, um, when I announced it and put it on, on, on Git, it was complete to the point of, here's a really good starting spot. Um, we found a bunch of problems with it since, um, things that, you know, Rex didn't come up with because he's not sort of living that language. So he, he, he maybe missed something or he expressed something in a slightly weird way. Um, so anyone with, um, I think anyone with PHP source or dot karma has access to commit to the link spec. I'm not sure. Um, we've been updating it over time. Uh, Stas Malashev has actually done a lot of work on um, cleaning up the document, making a lot of changes to it. 
Um, and as new features come out, um, Andrea Feldes has actually been really uh, diligent about reminding people, update the spec, because we want the spec <laughs> to be in line with the implementation. So. Um, I feel like updating the spec would be harder to update than just general documentation <laughs> overall. Well, you want to be really careful to to you know know what you're going to say and say it as clearly and unambiguously as you can. And Anthony, you got a comment on that one? Yeah, yeah. one concept I would I would throw out here is if you're proposing a new feature for PHP or a change to a feature, the spec should probably be what comes first. Or if not first, should be actually really easy to articulate because that's when you're describing the feature that you're building to other people. A change to a spec is actually as good of a description as you could possibly get, at least on a technical level. Now, it doesn't solve the RFC side, which is why you should make the change. Uh, you, well, I mean, the, the RFC sort of fits into the idea of a spec, right? Like before we had the RFC process, um, the idea of um, of writing up the details of what you're doing were very much a secondary thought. Um, and the documentation often lagged behind implementations because of that, because nobody writing the code wants to write the docs as well. Um, so I think now that we have this RFC process, it really lends itself to, hey, I've just written up this, you know, couple of pages worth of explaining why this is an awesome feature and how it works. That actually is half the work of writing the stack. So. I'm, we're, we're getting actually kind of close to the time here, so I wanted to wrap this up with kind of an open question that I, I'm not sure everybody will kind of have the same idea on, but what does everyone think that the biggest threat to PHP's future is, if there is anything? I don't want to be presumptuous in the question. Well, nobody's answering, so I'll say apathy. Um, PHP participation, um, again, has always been about, you know, Somebody having a problem to solve and wanting to scratch that itch. It's an entire. It's it's a great example of open source because it's entirely volunteer driven. It's entirely about people just wanting PHP to actually stick against the thing on the wall they're throwing it at instead of falling off. Um, if we lose that interest, and some people have either aged out of the project, they've started families, things like that. Or you know, for whatever reason, people aren't being involved. Um, my involvement has has definitely gone down over the years. Um, then, you know, who curates PHP? Who moves it forward? Um, I, I I I can sort of say, hey, there's this HHVM thing over here, which is really cool. But my heart belongs to PHP, and I want PHP to stay strong and move forward. Um, so that means, in in a lot of cases, new blood. And we have been getting some new blood, but. Um, it's very easy for our project to fall into the trap of apathy. Yeah, Liz has some, or Elizabeth, you got some ideas on this one too, right? I think the other thing is we need to remember our roots. The thing that really made PHP, at least in my opinion, what it is today, is that you can, you have such a spectrum of what you can use it for. Your mom can use it for a guest book, even though she knows nothing. And you can use it for a huge project to run a huge website. The, the barrier of entry is so low. And a lot of times people are like, that's why PHP is terrible. In my opinion, that's what makes PHP great. And I think that everybody, especially the people who do PHP for a living every day, making money off it, doing companies with it, often forget that the shallow pool there at the end is what really made it take off. So don't forget that. You know, um, 
one thing I'll throw out, there's been entirely not enough drama in this podcast. So I will throw out a tiny piece of drama here. <laughs> I was trying not to. <laughs> no, it's great. Go, go. <laughs> I consider this one of the single biggest threats, I think, to PHP's future. And this is, it's a complex topic, but I'm going to say hackling. Facebook's hack that's built into HHVM, I think is a very significant threat. Um, on one hand, I think it's phenomenal because it's a great proving ground for new technologies and for new ways of doing things with PHP language without actually changing the language. On the other hand, once you start writing code for that and you write framework code that targets hackling, mm. you basically wind up forking the community and forking the code bases that now you have code that can only run on HHVM and that can't run on both. That's not to say I think that Facebook is bad for releasing it, nothing in, in the least. It's just I think if the community isn't careful with how they treat it and how they approach it, it can wind up doing a lot of damage. And if the PHP core and the PHP core community actually end up transitioning into something like Hack and HHVM, and that is the new standard, is that necessarily a bad thing, or is it just okay? It's just, but it will. It, it you're just saying that that transition could be made more I, solid I think by it's having a that. Bad thing if it diverges. So right now, hack and uh, PHP are different paths, and yeah, there's a couple things that are being pulled back and forth. Return type hints. Right now, the current proposal for seven is, for the most part, identical with what hack does, with a couple of tiny little nuances that are changed. And I think from that standpoint, it's an awesome thing. It's a proof of concept to say, hey, look at how generics work in Hack. They're like this really cool feature, um, and that's awesome. But as a separate language, I think we have to be careful with how we adopt it. Do you feel like there is a D-Day that's going to happen in the future? Or there has to be something in the future that where we have to go with the core or HHVM, or is that even on the radar? I personally don't think so. HHVM has done uh, and the Facebook team have done great, uh, gone through great strides to actually keep it compatible with the core. So I don't think we ever need to make a hard choice of PHP versus Hack or you know something along those lines. Um, I think it's going to come down at the end of the day to what does the average user need and to get to Elizabeth, Elizabeth was saying is where PHP is built on the ground of the average user. I mean, WordPress accounts for 40% of all PHP installs mm. and is WordPress going to go to hacklang? Probably not. They're not going <laughs> to benefit from it. They're not going to you know, go through the work it's going to take to migrate. Right. So if half of the PHP users aren't going to benefit from it, is it going to happen? I'm sure there's a, there's a hack WordPress port out there. There's got to be. I, actually, WordPress is a really great example of that because WordPress, like, that, it's really tempting to, to sort of harp on WordPress because if you look at, at the source code, you, you think, why are they using that pattern? Why does it look like that? Why are they templating this way? This is like PHP 1992, um, which is impressive since PHP <laughs> didn't come out until 1995. Um, WordPress was first. But there's a reason for it, and the reason for it is that WordPress is a freaking juggernaut it is mm. as anthony said used by so much of the internet and so they're very very careful about breaking backwards compatibility um some would say to a fault um but they are very careful about making sure like okay most hosts out there are only running 5.2 or whatever the version is so we're going to support that that's our concern um you know they were they were part of the go php 5 uh effort but um 
Mm, oh, they were not? No. That oh, was one of the things I tried calling out that they weren't. Yes. Oh, that, I might have got that confused. Well, okay, then that's a perfect example. They weren't part of the GoPHP 5 effort because there was all of these users on PHP 4, and those were their customers. Those were the people they cared about, um, and rightfully so. That's, I, I think that's where PHP really shines, though, is that we recognize that this community is huge. There's all kinds of really crappy code running on it, and it goes back for years and years and years. And we're not gonna we're not gonna break everybody and be like screw you guys and just march on in progress. Although there are some benefits to that, but like I think that that makes our community kind of unique in that respect. Well, but it's really easy to look at and say, hey, Symphony plus Laravel plus Zen Framework plus Codeigniter plus Cake plus Drupal plus WordPress equals everything that's out there. And even though that's a massive amount of market share, there's still so much more that we've never even seen because it's done behind closed doors. How many millions of lines of code are powering sites that we use every day that we're never even going to see? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's really easy to fall into that trap of, well, you know, it's this is a popular feature for that Symphony's using and Zen's using, so therefore everybody in PHP needs this. It's an easy trap to fall into. Sure. Um, I, I feel like this is this has been just an amazing discussion with you guys. I, I really appreciate you guys coming on. I, I we need to wrap it up just a little bit because we're kind of going over a little bit. Um, I usually wrap up the podcast with uh, a segment called something old, something new, something borrowed, and something deprecated. But I kind of feel like we've already kind of gone over that entire gambit while looking at PHP's history, present, and future. So before we close it off, though, uh, any final thoughts from anybody on the panel on PHP internals? Any general things you want to throw out there? If you want to be involved in PHP and help out, come pop onto IRC into the PHP mentoring channel and yell. I will get you hooked up. Nice. That's actually a great segment. Uh, Joe, go ahead. Sorry. I see you unmuting there. Uh-oh. We lost Joe's mic. I, it doesn't show up that you're muted, but I don't hear you. Try again. No. All right. While Mike's figuring out his, his mic, I'm sorry, well, Joe's figuring out his mic. <laughs> um, I usually move on to shameless plugs, which um, had a little transition there from uh, Elizabeth giving uh, a plug for PHP mentoring, which is awesome. So uh, was, was there anything else you wanted to shamelessly plug, uh, Elizabeth, on? No, I'm just always recruiting for open source. And if you don't know what to do or how to do it, yeah. people are glad to help you. And she's amazing at it. I had her first-hand experience with uh, Elizabeth over my shoulder. It was amazing. So she's she's great. Um, Anthony, do you have anything you want to shamelessly plug? Um, I'll shamelessly plug my project, RecyCT, R-E-C-K-I-C-T. It's a ahead-of-time compiler that I've been working on for PHP that's uh, been a kind of fun little project, working with Joe on that. So even faster than just-time compiler? Different. Okay. <laughs> it's not going to run WordPress faster because it's not going to run WordPress at all. Um, ah. But for very highly specific code, yes, it would run faster than a JIT compiler. Uh, cool. Uh, let's see. Sarah, do you have anything you want to shamelessly promote? Uh, okay. I'll promote HHVM because it's awesome, um, mostly for the functionality, but the speed's a good bonus. Um, I'll re-promote. Uh, my book, which is eight years old, but still mostly relevant if you're not worried about PHP 7. Um, if you if you don't even know C, then either this or if you want to go cheap, because I don't really actually care about the sales, 
Um, if you want to go cheap, um, just go to blog.goldman.com. I've got, again, in the top right corner, um, there's links to a four-part series on writing extensions. Again, these are like eight-year-old articles, but they're still mostly relevant. They'll definitely work with PHP 5. And even if you don't know C, you can fake your way through it because um, all you're putting in are sort of the little bits of implementation to, to provide the APIs. And so it's a great gateway drug to learning C. Nice. Uh, um, just just to kind of give that a little plus one, that's kind of how I learned how PHP internals work was through that series of blogs. So definitely good stuff. That's awesome. And Sarah, I think I was actually on your blog uh, when I was researching um, SAPIs, like this, how to tie or how PHP ties into um, uh, various I mean, gosh, I can't even educatedly say anything <laughs> about how PHP ties into with various hooks into, say, Apache or something like that. Is that your blog? Did you write about that? I probably wrote about it at some point. I can't think of the article you're talking about, but I basically kind of stopped putting anything on that blog about five years ago, so I forget more than I remember. <laughs> That's cool. Well, um, and Joe, finally, did you fix your mic? Are you, can we hear you? Oh, man, sorry. I see your lips moving, but I don't hear you. Ah, he's giving the, the giving up sign. Oh, no. Well, send me your shameless plug, and then when I finally get show notes implemented on the website, I'll add it to the show notes. Um, so, sorry, man. This I'm sure that they're not using pthreads to run Google Hangouts, and if they were, it would probably work. You know, that's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> so, uh, for you guys who are listening, our next episode is going to be Phil Sturgeon versus Taylor Otwell, and they're going head to head to duke it out on the recurring Twittery rants on PHP roundtable style. Um, so that should be kind of fun. I, even today, I think uh, Taylor was poking at Phil a bit when he was tweeting that uh, the Fig has too many members. So maybe he's warming up for the face-off on PHP Roundtable next uh, episode. Um, if you have something specific that you'd like to see Phil and Taylor, Taylor go head-to-head -head on for the next PHP Roundtable, definitely hit me up on Twitter uh, at Sammy K or just at uh, PHP Roundtable. I want to thank Anthony, Sarah, Elizabeth, and Joe for joining us on this internal discussion. I've learned so much that I feel like my mind is like oozing out of the ears. And you guys are just amazing. I was telling them before we went on air, it's like, I'm so intimidated by these guys. Like, the sheer amount of knowledge and genius that's at this table is just intimidating. But it's, I, they're so approachable and cool people. I love that. Um, and finally, I'd like to thank everyone who's watching and supporting the show with all your tweets and feedback. I'm, I'm really just overwhelmed with the feedback that and the support that it's gotten. Um, so thank you guys so much. The PHP Roundtable is recorded live using Google Hangouts on air. If you'd like to get more information about the live broadcasts, visit phproundtable.com. While you're on the site, join the mailing list to get notified about the next live episode. And hey, maybe even join the conversation at the roundtable. We'd love to hear what you have to say. The theme music is provided by Bensound at bensound.com. The PHP Roundtable logo was designed by Clint McManaman, and you can find him at mcmanaman.co. That's M-C-M-A-N-A-M-A-N dot C-O. Thanks for listening. I'm Sammy K. Powers, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode.